And for the final time this season, great to catch up with David Addison at Brands Hatch. Um, first of all, we said this halfway through the season that it's going quickly, and now we're at the end of the season. Can't believe it's come to an end, can we really? Um, especially as we had a, a slightly later start than planned as well. But um, it's been an interesting year, that's for sure. And I'm not really certain that, that it's gone quite as people expected it. You know, we've had a few drivers that arguably could have done better. You've had one or two that have perhaps done better than you would have anticipated. So it's certainly been interesting. And of course, it ain't done yet. No. Uh, and as usual, British Touring Car Championship, the fans can expect it to go right down to the wire. We've got three races to come. Ash Sutton leads by a relatively small margin, 34 points, I think, isn't it? The 67 up for grabs. It's a classic end of the season. It only takes one bad qualifying and or one bad race and it becomes a very different story. Um, you know, let's, for the sake of argument, say that he doesn't have a great qualifying session. Let's say that it's mixed weather because it's been a pretty mixed uh, week of weather where I've been living in the northwest. Uh, so let's say he doesn't get on the front three rows and he finds himself at the start of the first race with obviously 75 kilos with lots of cars around him. That's going to have an effect. And the one thing we don't really know until we see a grid for the first race obviously is who's going to be where and therefore what expectations there might be but for the sake of discussion let's say that you've got somebody that's not had a win all season who's up within striking distance of Sutton or, or he's, he's up in the pointy end of the grid well they're going to get all giddy and think they can have a win there and that's no respecter of other people's championship dreams yeah don't interfere says Alan Gow but that's impossible to do because everybody getting out of the way of driver A therefore affects driver B so that, that doesn't really work um, so there's an element of keeping out of trouble there's an element of, of the luck of the gods you know this year we've seen people get involved in somebody else's accident Ash has managed to largely avoid all of that you know he's only had one non-point score uh, across the season uh, it's been an amazing year but that's not to say that the, the, the gods are going to ride with him for the first race and like I say you know, it could be that if he doesn't qualify brilliantly plus the weight plus whatever racecraft is going on around him that could take points away from him and then it's a very different story The final weekend has history of being dramatic doesn't it I mean you think about Dan Kamish and, and his brake exploding you think about Gordon Shedden being boxed in in, in traffic uh, you know, years before that anything can happen Andrew Jordan uh, middle race back in 2013 sticks in my mind just over our shoulder where we were standing in the paddock over at Surtees he got caught up by a, a sliding Aaron Taylor Smith as it was and, and broke the suspension and that was that done and uh, you know there's a, there's a part of me that kind of expects that Ash will do okay in the first race have a real drama in race two and valiantly fight through in race three and win it but I could be wrong but yeah you're right it, it, it does have a habit of producing drama and especially when you've got so many other people that could mathematically win it and have got to drive the wheels off the car in qualifying and the first race in order to still have a chance qualifying is going to be more important than ever um I said this on, a, on a, a, another podcast in the week, but increasingly this year, more than ever, I've heard from drivers, and it's a larger number of drivers each event, how important qualifying is, because now you've got cars within thousandths of a second, and much of the hard work has to be done in qualifying, and especially with these last few rounds where we've not had an option tyre. And also, with the, and we saw it at Donington, the way that the officials are looking at contact these days, and... Um, you can't really try and elbow your way through for fear of, of, of censure. So in order to do well, you've got to do well in qualifying. Qualifying becomes even more important. Free practice becomes even more important, ready for qualifying. So in other words, the pressure on the teams and drivers is ramped up as soon as they get in the cars for FP1. 
because they've got to get them right through free practice so they're spot on for qualifying bad qualifying now ruins your weekend you can't it's not like three four years ago yeah. where you could have a duff qualifying but get your elbows out in the first race or work maybe on the the different tires that cars have got and elbow your way through a little bit now you, you've got to do that uh, on pure pace in qualifying yeah. i've spoken to all five of the contenders uh, this week Josh Cook has been very open and candid and said, look, you know, mathematically, he's 66 points behind, 67 up for grabs. He, he sort of knows he isn't going to win it, all, all barring um, the third apocalypse arriving. The other four, though, interesting, ranging from I just need to be careful I can do this to I may be in fourth place, but I'm really in with the shout. So there's four drivers there who clearly all want it. I think they all want it, and I think they have to go in with the attitude that they can do it. Um, Josh is right, you know, it would, it's not just the number of points between him and Ash, but for him to win it, it would need all the others not to score pretty well as well. And then there's that kicking oneself or the team kicking itself for what's gone on during the course of the year. If you think about Josh, he had those two wins at Thruxton back at the start of the season. Didn't score a point at Snetterton. They just couldn't not get the car to work. And he didn't have maximum weight. He didn't even lead the championship. But Snetterton was, was dreadful and then he had that exclusion at Silverstone. So you've got hard luck story right there for that lot. Um, then you go and have a look at, at Colin Turkington's season for example. Well, you know, he got in strife at Thruxton at the start, didn't he? Tapped Ash, sat into a spin, got a small penalty, which is very rare for Colin. He had that moment at Knock Hill where the car ran wide um, had that spin at, at Donington although perversely that might have helped him because of winning the reverse grid race um, uh, you could argue as well that WSR has been slightly out-engineered by BMR Laser Tools Racing this year on the rear-wheel drive front but you know Colin can legitimately point at a number of races where things went against him awry whether it was self-induced or not uh, Jake Hill the same you know there are occasions where that car's really struggled with the weight hasn't done what it delivered it should have done in, in delivery it's had the old mechanical woe and it's been much further back than you'd have anticipated um, and Tom Ingram's home are the same you know it's been an outstanding season for that car to have its first win and then keep on winning um, uh, it's a new team um, uh, relatively speaking so they, they I mean, have done a very very good job but you know, Tom's been in the, the title fight before against Colin Turkington and, and couldn't quite get it past round 29. Uh, he's a better driver. He, he, he's, his biggest problem has been that car carrying the weight. And, and, and even that isn't quite accurate in saying that, really, because the Hyundai and the Hondas and the Fords have all carried the weight largely the same. The, the problem is that the Infinity seems to carry it so much better than anything else. The um, Close But No Cigar Award, um, I think, goes to Rory Butcher. He's had a cracking second half of the season, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, and it could have been a different story had he not got himself involved uh, innocently in, in, in incidents at, at Thruxton. Um, he had another one at Knock Hill, uh, but by that stage he'd already won a race, of course, at Orton Park. I think there's, there's been a bit of, of, of gelling that was called for there. You know, Here's a guy that can win races and he knows about front-wheel drive, and here's a team with a car that's won races. But trying to knit those two different elements together um, and, in a sense, accept that Rory wasn't Tom Ingram and he needs something different out of the car, and for Rory to accept that it wasn't the Ford and he needed something out, different out of the car. They got there in the end. And, yeah, if we could have started the season, say, uh, in, in, in August at Alton Park, it could have been a very different story altogether. But... You know, we knew there was nothing wrong with that car fundamentally because of what had been achieved in the past with Tom Ingram. So, yeah, uh, I think that there will be a bit of, oh, you know, if only, looking back on the start of the season. Yeah. Final plaudit for the for the top half of the grid, I think, for me, goes to Aidan Moffat, who's who's put his big boy pants on and he's he's 
really developed as a driver this year, uh, working closely with Ash Sutton. A lot of it's down to seat time, isn't it, really? You know, the longer you spend in the championship, the more you learn not only about the car, but about the, the nature of the racing. And, and the old lags will tell you this, you know, it's, it's, it's knowing when to, to get involved in a battle, when to pick a battle. Um, and there are occasions, if you're running 11th, that it really isn't worth the effort for 10th. Um, you keep the car in one piece and get into the next race and see what you can do from there. And I think Aiden has probably mentally come of age now in as much as that you know, he'd won races before but to do it from pole prove that it wasn't a reverse grid fluke it wasn't down to incidents that was on merit that was on pure pace he did the job in qualifying and he didn't put a wheel wrong in the race and and that has psychologically it seems unlocked something uh, that he appreciates that he can do it now um, uh, I mean, he's had a number of different people advising him in, in terms of driver coaching over the years um, I, I don't know how much coaching and guidance he gets from Aiden uh, from, from Ash rather but it seems to be a partnership uh, that works well and Ash was one of the first to go over and, and congratulate him so yeah it's been good to see I think another one that deserves a cheer is Dan Robottom because people didn't really give him house room at the start of the season you know he had one season in a, in a a, a car that was struggling for various reasons uh, what's he doing in that car people asked well he's proved that two pole positions and a win ain't bad and I know that he beats himself up that he's not had more wins because yeah. he's got the pace yeah. so that's another one that, I, uh, that you can put, put, put on that list one of the, the most well-worn cliches in uh, lots of sport is, is about having highs and lows but the roller coaster of a season yes. and interestingly you mentioned uh, Dan Robottom team dynamics have really been on that roller coaster this season with um, technical issues with uh, small infringements mm. and bits of bad luck damage as well and yeah. damage yeah. Uh, it's been an interesting one you know Flash coming back in Dan proving himself uh, in that seat it's a, an interesting sort of end of term review for team dynamics isn't it I'd love to know and I probably would never get an honest answer out of this what would be done differently if anything were Matt Neal still driving a car and, and part of the reason I, I asked that is that I won't name the team or the driver but I know of a team from, from years ago in GT racing that had a driver boss who was a real stickler and he wanted everything absolutely right and he would push and push and push and push and push and so when they ran a, a, a car for two customers and they said well it needs more of this and more of that the answer was no it doesn't it's fine you know it's down to you to get the most out of it then he drove it and came back saying right it's got to have this got to have that got to have the other I wonder um, whether were Matt who of course co-owns the team still be racing it he'd be saying no come on we need more than this and he, and, and he would know that because he's been in the car uh, I might be barking up the wrong tree completely but you're right it has been a really interesting year watching Flash come back and, and again it did not start brilliantly at Thruxton Snetterton ah ok fine good he's got pole position right Flash is back uh, he's not got pole position he's not back because of the technical infringement against the back of the group and then there are other incidents that he's been involved in and I think there have been occasions where you know he's been so keen to turn the season around that maybe he's gone for a move that with hindsight he thought maybe I shouldn't but if anybody was ready to write him off you know the win the pole in, in, from race one at Donington and then inheriting that win he was in the lead battle in race two proves that he's not lost it mm. um, a few years ago he had a bad first half of the season he came back and won the championship so uh, he won't do it this year of course but you can never rule him out for race wins and again somebody like him somebody like Robot that, that can't now be in the championship fight they're going to be eager for wins and that takes points off the others 
we spend a lot of time talking about the drivers and the teams in the top half of the grid, or maybe you could divide uh, the whole grid into three: the the, the top thirty percent of performers, mm. the the middle ground, and then then the the other sort of thirty uh, percent of the drivers. There have been some tremendous performances in the bottom half of the grid. Drivers who've been consistent, done very well, uh, improved as drivers, and you know it's, it sometimes seems a shame to me that they get a little bit ridiculed on social media for being three tenths of a second slower than a top team somebody's got to be last <laughs> and you're right because I can I can think back to when I started watching this championship in the late 70s and it was glorified club racing and the disparity between the cars some cars was huge um, now everybody's operating at a high level doesn't matter whether you're first or last you're still better than many lots of people doing club racing um, somebody's got to be last yes and perhaps fair play to those that come back week after week knowing they're not really going to get a race win but they want to be part of the championship they enjoy what the championship offers personally and commercially um, and are prepared to go through that because it's it's a tough day it's tough racing it's grueling uh, in terms of what you go through in the car and out of it with driver's briefing three races on a normal weekend autograph sessions or Q&A sessions and media activity it's a pretty full on day I mean lots of drivers will tell you that by the end of it oh, they're, they're tired um, and if you're going through all that and not, not winning week after week after week, it must be tough. But yeah, I mean, there are, there are people, Aaron Taylor-Smith, Jack Goff as a couple of examples, who we know can win races. But the championship, and I say it to you every time, evolves and it moves on and it gets more competitive. And a lap time of five years ago ain't the lap time that you need now because you've got to find that extra thousand or two or three and be higher up the grid. And there will be some fine fights all the way down through the field this weekend. Uh, because the nature of the championship is that people find somebody of the right pace and these little pockets develop so it should be because then you've got battling all the way through the field I won't put you on the spot by asking you who you think is going to win it because you won't tell me <laughs> no, I think Ash will win it okay. but I don't think it's going to be the walk in the park that ah, the right. points margin suggests I mean I genuinely stand by what I said earlier that, that he, he'll have an okay first race I suspect there might be something that trips him up in the second and I'd love to see it go down to the wire well, that, in the third I, yeah. I was going to say will it go down to the well, wire or will he wrap it up by the, by the end of the second race uh, mathematically he could do the second race yeah. uh, we would all love to see it go down to the wire of course um, there's nothing better than, than it coming you know, to the last lap a few years ago there was the um, Jason Plato Gordon Shedden title battle Jason led the third race he could do no more as I kept banging on about in the box and Gordon was way way down the field he wasn't even in the points uh, for a, a grid position and I was really proud of how we'd covered that race because the story was he got to get to that position to tie on points but would have more wins and win on a tie break and another place of course would give him more points and he would win and the story was that Jason was leading and therefore could do no more it was out of his hands he had to rely on what was going on behind him and Gordon got one place he got two he got three he got four he was nearly there he was nearly there he was nearly there he's there he's now tied one more place now he's the champion and I think we told that story all the way through it um, ideally you know it would be on the last lap and who's going to come out on top of, of this battle but an awful lot of water has to go under bridges before we get to that <laughs> stage on Sunday not just for Ash but for all the others as well because they've got to keep their noses clean and keep out of trouble it's not just what will happen to Ash it's what will happen to them because even if Ash is having strife and losing points during the day if he's ahead of the others, even if he's only eighth, but he's ahead of the others, it's still advantage Sutton. 
Uh, you and Mr Harvey will be taking us all through it over the weekend uh, on ITV as usual and I think there's some additional stuff on ITV.com with the support races this weekend yeah we always do qualifying of course on ITV.com but uh, for the support races on Saturday afternoon many of which uh, could be resolved on Saturday it seems rather churlish to have got cameras up and running um, to cover those uh, co- sorry cover qualifying but not the, the support races so they will be on, on air on, Sunday after- on Saturday afternoon on, on ITV.com uh, say things like Janetta's and Minis and F uh, which will have an I- impact on the championship and or decide the championship yeah you can watch that on Saturday afternoon as well so Tim and I get half an hour of qualifying Richard Neal gets about four races he's going to be busy on Saturday that's for sure have a good weekend thanks thank you Steve